HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. I like lemonade and it has to be good. So what else do you want to know about lemonade stands? When I was a kid, I had lemonade stands. Uh, I wasn't very successful. I mean, you got to just hope that somebody comes by and wants to pluck down a quarter. In my day, it was a quarter for maybe even cheaper, maybe a nickel. Welcome to Meet and Three. I'm your host, Kat Johnson, with a bonus episode to tide you over until the start of season four. With summer on the horizon, we're revisiting one of our all-time favorite stories about the art and business of running a successful lemonade stand. Why now? Well, lemonade is making waves in the New York State Legislature. Believe it or not, running a lemonade stand in New York without a permit is a finable offense. Last year, the health department actually shut down a seven-year-old's roadside operation for failing to pony up the $30 for a year-long permit. This caught the attention of State Senator Jim Tedesco, who is now sponsoring a bill called Brendan's Lemonade Law, named after the boy whose stand was shut down. Last week, the bill was passed by the Senate Health Committee with bipartisan support. It now awaits further committee review in both the state Senate and Assembly before heading to Governor Cuomo's desk for his signature. If passed, the law would take effect immediately and exempt kids 16 and under from paying the $30 year-long permit fee to run a lemonade stand. So, if the bill passes, that may mean more lemonade startups this summer. While we wait to find out, take a listen to A Brief History of Lemonade Stands by Harry Rosenblum, host of Feast Your Ears on HRN. He enlists his daughter, Moxie, to provide some invaluable operational advice. Plus, you heard the voice of HRN board member and our resident accountant, Joanne Flash Fleming, at the top of the show. And she'll be back shortly with more financial tips for all you lemonade entrepreneurs. The Lemonade Stand traces its roots to the late 19th century, and it remains fairly unchanged. Usually run by children, it is a summertime activity, as well as a lesson in economic theories like supply and demand, pricing, labor, profit and loss, marketing, and more. While in many jurisdictions it violates numerous laws, including child labor and health department requirements, punishment is rare. In a world where entrepreneurship has gained cultural, if not always economic, value, the lemonade stand might be the purest form of starting a business. Low overhead, easy to get into, and requires little experience or special equipment. However, as one economist dryly pointed out, they usually aren't a good case study because they don't pay rent or utilities and often rely on family relationships for free help or customer base. 
Okay, say your name, please. Moxie Rosenblum. Moxie, have you ever played the 1979 Apple computer game Lemonade Stand? Oh yeah, I recently played it. And what did you learn? Were you successful at running a lemonade stand in the computer? Yeah, some days I only I I made like six cups and only and sold like zero. So I learned my lessons, and some sunny days I made more cups than than on rainy days because more people are going to want lemonade if it's sunny and hot. Having run a lemonade stand in the laboratory of a computer, do you have any tips for people running? Real live lemonade stands, or did you learn anything that you think is applicable? My one piece of advice for you guys out there wanting to run a lemonade stand is: look at the weather before you are like, okay, let's make so many cups. And if it's going to be rainy, you have all these extra cups of lemonade. I'll go back to it had to taste good. You know, people are very kind. Your neighbors will give you just the money because you're doing something. But if it tastes good, you're going to sell more. So the key is to make sure it tastes good. I don't care if you're eight or eighty or eighteen or whatever. Well, that's it for our bonus episode. Remember, we're back next week with brand new episodes of Meat and Three. Special thanks this week to Harry and Moxie Rosenbloom and Joanne Flash Fleming for sharing their lemonade stand expertise. Meat and Three is produced by Hannah Forden, Katie Mosman Wadler, and me, Kat Johnson. Our audio engineer is Matt Patterson. Our theme song was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. This program is supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council.